Welcome to Five Strike Weekly, another trophy for the cabinet. I don't know, man, maybe we are spoiled. With a big six-pointer coming up on Saturday in Philly, we discuss all that and more next. Welcome to the show, Five Strike fam. I'm AJ, this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. Atlanta United are undefeated in cup finals and may that continue as long as possible. Let's get into how the final was won. And yeah, I mean, I think it started off pretty sharp. We were pretty uh, intense in our uh, press. We were, uh, you know, getting forward a lot as well. Created a lot of good chances. Yeah. Uh, just really bright. And uh, yeah, I think evidence when, you know, we were we had them pretty pinned back for a good amount of time. And I think it started with Minnesota United's kind of uh, unwillingness to kind of come out. They kind of, uh, in terms of their lineup, were... They almost played scared a little bit. A little, a little, yeah, because uh, some of the players that he, uh, Adrian Heath benched, most notably Darwin Quintero, which, I mean, yes, he's been in and out of the lineup because of his defensive work rate. Sure. But that goes to show you, I think, what Heath and, you know, Minnesota United's, mm -hmm. I guess, setup or initial setup right. was, which was to be compact, uh, mm -hmm. bunker, try to defend, and... Uh, it was, yeah, I, I think it worked completely against them. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it was evidenced in LGP making a uh, dangerous run forward, yeah. PT finding him with that threaded pass. Beautiful pass. And uh, LGP, yeah, he just puts, puts it into the mixer, and it's really, uh, you know, it's a, you know, a cross that gets uh, blocked a little bit. Yeah. Goes over Vito Manone's head or his outstretched arm, and yeah. it just is an, is an own goal. Yeah, but um, was, was that a flashback for you, a Vito Manone blooper? <laughs> yeah, this is the second time you mentioned uh, Manone uh, in as many days. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm done with Vito Manone. Like, he's he's not an Arsenal player, and he's a Minnesota United player. And thank God yeah. because he made that really just egregious error. I think, in my opinion, uh, yeah. he probably should have gotten it. He's a little flat-footed on it. He should yeah. have shuffled his feet, I think, and tip it over. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he got caught off guard because, yeah, the blocked uh, cross. Yeah, but it's LGP. Either way. Yeah. yeah. Getting, he, you know, LGP getting forward and the, just the play in general, you know. Yeah. You that little triangle that they were forming on the mm -hmm. right with Gressel and Petey. And it was nice, you know, and it was it was effective, you know. And, exactly. And then the set, you know, so the, the and, attack's coming down then, the wing. Right, and kudos to him for finding that. Yeah, he probably was the extra man in this attack at this moment. Right. So I'm gonna go forward and I'm gonna, you know, try to make something happen in the box. And he's trying to pick out two players who are making a run, Joseph mm -hmm. and I think uh, Barco probably. Mm -hmm. So I mean, like he's doing the right thing, you know. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. you, and you you create your own luck. Yeah, I mean he he does take these risks all the time, and that's just kind of a uh, part of the you know LGP thing. Yeah, but I think it but, also shows you the potential of the system, right? Yeah, you know what of I mean? course. And, like, There's an extra man at some point. Exactly. Exactly. Even when you're playing 11 v 11, it's yeah, it's amazing in that sense. Right. And then shortly after, you know, we're still in a very attacking and dangerous uh, run of uh, play. Yeah. yeah, Justin Miram, he just shoots in across that uh, PT blasts in from yeah. in the six uh, six yard box and. Right. Yeah, I mean, he puts it a plum. It's just, it is just, uh, I mean. Where I was sitting, right, it was like kind of behind Miram as he's setting the guy up. And yeah. I was just like, please go left, please go left. And he does. Like, he's yeah. just set him up so well. Oh, yeah. And then um, the way PD runs onto that, like, you mm -hmm. should go back and watch it because he times his run so well. Ball is like slightly behind him. Yeah, to has, one time it? Yeah, to one time it, you know, really compose himself and like put it right over Minoni's head, really. Yeah. I mean, like, but it was fa fantastic play all around. And yeah. like, like, seeing these kind of goals out of the system, like, not just this match, but in previous weeks, like, that's really the bread and butter. That's oh, what yeah. we want to see. That's what we expect. Right. And exactly. So, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's crosses from, you know, it could be just dynamic, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, it could be a cross in the air. It could be a cross on the ground. It could be, uh, you know, across the chest. Like, but it allows them to get that time because, basically, our wingbacks have that width anytime we need it yeah. and you know if we need to switch play at any point they're there and that's the beautiful part uh the i think unfortunate part is fatigue rearing its ugly head sure. and that's where yeah i mean you know we maybe took the pedal off the gas a little bit yeah. kind of forced in that sense mm -hmm. um and a switch of mentality from minnesota i think too they were yeah. definitely more aggressive in the second half and i yeah. think how they started the second half is really how probably how they should have started the match 
Probably. You know, yeah. you know, it is yeah. what it is. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm -hmm. But they certainly were the better team in the second half, and right. then United had to dig deep, especially right. when we went to 10 men. Yeah, but uh, I think before that, I yeah. mean, they, they definitely had their chances yeah. in the first half, uh, I think. Yeah, there was a header <laughs> yeah. that, uh, Off a set piece, yeah. Yeah, that went over the crossbar. Uh, I mean, we arguably could have been a little bit more clinical as well. Right. Uh, but, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's one of those things where, yeah, it is that fatigue that reared its head. Yeah. Uh, but all the while, though, I think, uh, you know, Nagby and Rometty, they were just peerless in the... Uh, in the middle there, mm -hmm. uh, I think they I think drew five fouls, only committed one foul. Right. Uh, they just kept that engine running, and that's just what you want to see from them. After kind of uh, Friday, where it was a little bit lackluster, yeah. But just because I think also again uh, the humidity, and, yeah. You know, you have the heat, and also uh, just the, the short rest again. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they were so good at recycling possession and yeah. just protecting you know, the the back line. Exactly. Yeah. And so be. Before uh, it, you know, kind of went off the rails a little bit. Uh, Slightly. Yeah. Before uh, LGP got the uh, the two yellows in pretty quick su succession. I yeah. mean, it was just uh, very tough. I mean, I, but like LGP for you, was that first yellow a yellow for you? Absolutely not. I mean, like it wasn't even a foul on him. He's getting dragged down. He played through like. He got knocked down twice, fouled at least once in my opinion, yeah. and then dragged back, and then he gets called for diving for or diving, yeah, be, be, being on top of the ball. Exactly. The, the the ref went like this, which usually means diving, and so it's just very interesting that he ridiculous did that. referee. Um, yeah. yeah. So Alan Chapman, I mean, it's just uh, the now, the refereeing now was the second, atrocious, obviously. Right, but. Yeah. The second yellow, you know, I can't really argue that. The moment I saw him reach out and grab, I was like, oh no, yeah. what are you doing? What yeah. are you doing? Right. And so. Maybe, you know... Uh... That is kind of, unfortunately, what we've come to know from LGP right. in terms of his plays. And I really yes, don't want to kill him for that because, like, he was having a really good game. Like, he was. Especially, like, creating that goal, but also, like, defending. You yeah, know, like, he exactly. Was... He was holding off that player, and then, yeah, he gets that yellow. I think, yeah, most people... Uh, yeah, it, that's the thing. You know, in that preview before this uh, Five Straight Weekly, right. I pretty much mentioned that there is a chance that, you know, we might go down a man because for some reason, this uh, this fixture, we uh, go go down a man. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those crazy things. Uh, and it's the same person. LGP goes uh, and gets sent off. And, um, and it's also, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, toot my horn, but I'm going to kind of toot my horn. It was 2-1 uh, that I predicted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, you know there's uh, there's some predictive powers here. <laughs> but, um, this is why you watch this podcast. This is why you watch. But, uh, <laughs> but essentially, though, um, yeah, the team had to dig deep. Game. 16 minutes, uh, you know, in a cup final, that's really tough. Yeah. Uh, and they, it was just a barrage after that. Yeah. I mean, just brutal. Uh, and ultimately, at the end of the day, it was a 19-shot uh, type of match for uh, Minnesota United to our only nine. But this, I think, is the tale of the, tale of the tape, is that on target, yeah. for us, we had six goal, or six shots on target, and they only had four shots on target yeah, of their 19. Right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of their shots off target was that one with two minutes to go, uh, Boxall, I think, is he had yeah. a shot from six yards. I mean, it comes onto his foot quickly, but still. Yeah. You know, I mean, the reaction after mm -hmm. he missed says it all, really. They were a little unlucky, I think, but yeah. it was also, I mean, we had to be resolute. We had to do everything. All the shithousery possible. Oh, yes. <laughs> Ooh, love. So shout out to Guzan for, yes, the saves oh, and yeah. the game management. I yes. mean, like, that's moving the ball, you know, getting the ball that's further away from you. Love it. Love Indeed. it Indeed. when Indeed. it's from my team. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's how you see out a match yeah, in a cup is. final to begin with if you're up. And it looks like you're not going to be able to move forward at all, which was the case. It was, we, a, I mean, like, DeBoer said it, you could see it, it was a 5-3-1, like, Joseph's yeah. up there by himself. And, you know, especially with uh, Escobar coming in for PT and Larry coming in for Gressel? Yeah, Larry coming in for Gressel, right, correct. Right, yeah. And so, yeah, like, that's, you know, those, those, those are defensive subs, you know, those are... And Joseph also defensive. helps out on corners yes. and... Uh, free kicks as well, so right. yeah, there's not really an outlet. We pretty much had to kick it long and just 
we you know, you don't, you don't normally again. see us play like that. We don't, yeah. We're not normally in that situation, but sometimes it calls for it, and right. they pulled it off. I think, yeah, the dark arts, uh, was, it was beautiful. Uh, I mean, basically, uh, every person on the pitch knew what the mission at hand was. was it was to survive, yeah. and uh, that they did. Um, I mean, just, you know, I think plaudits really have to go all around. Um, yeah, like we said, the game management from the players, yeah. also from Frank DeBoer, I think. I uh, think so, yeah. Yeah, because uh, I remember, yeah, like I think Devin mentioned that, oh, uh, it was a perplexing uh, sub to bring in, um, you know, Emerson Hyman for Ezekiel Barco. But I think at that point, yeah, you couldn't have predicted LGP would have gotten. That's for one, right. right. You know, gotten the, uh, the two yellows. And then so on top of that, you know, if you needed height, Yes, Emerson Hyman is a guy that has a little bit at least, mm -hmm. at least over Barco, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, and then on top of that, I mean, yes, he may maybe didn't have as much to do, but I think at that sense, and at that point, yeah. you know, what else can he do? He's not going to, uh, you know, link up and combine with players that aren't going to move up the pitch. Yeah. Right? So. Exactly. I mean, like, and, you know, going back to that moment, like what you have, like you said, we don't know that we're going to go down to 10 men. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned last night, I don't think Barco had his best game. I mean, he was okay. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, you bring in Hyman for a little more midfield control because, I mean, look, mm -hmm. but even before the red card, Minnesota were on top in that second half. So, you know, maybe the thinking is, okay, you bring in Hyman, you uh, control play a little more. Yeah, it's also a guy that probably has a little bit more defensive ability than Ezekiel Barco. Right. Um, and so, yeah. I and maybe think, maybe Barco's fatigued at that point too. I mean, like yeah, they, yeah, you know, he's kind of on a yeah. He's trying to be uh, in terms of match fitness. He's not exactly quite there. He's almost there. But yeah. I think yeah, I think it was a, a right move there. I think so. Uh, and seeing Franco Esquire get some minutes as well, really good. It looked like uh, he had to ice his hammy a little bit afterwards, but uh, it is what it is. Hopefully that's the extent of it. He's just you know trying to um, you know get ready for the next match. Be precautionary. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think. Another positive is that Julian Gressel did come off yes. so that yeah, he could get a little bit of reprieve Yeah, I mean he's one of the guys in particular I mean like when you play that position too, you're going to be like spent every match Yeah, I mean you have to bomb up and down up and down and he never comes time. off. So yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. but uh yeah, and so Franco Escobar does go to that right wing back side and uh, Larry goes back to right center back after not having really done so almost all year. Right. Throwback. So, throwback for real. Yeah. And uh, throwback to, I think, you know, kind of the playoff yeah. times where it actually was pretty successful. Right. So, you know, uh, after, you know, most of the season not playing, I think he had the muscle memory, I think, to at least, uh, you know, do what was needed. Right. But, um, yeah, and, you know, I think the really big plaudits, I think, is that P.T. Martinez shows up in this really, really big match. Yes. And he has the game winner. I mean, he, yeah. you know, he had the incisive pass, and then he has the the goal to win us this match. And um, you know, he came off, but he was still cheerleading from the the sidelines. Yeah. I mean, it was just great to see. Yeah, match winning performance. You know what I mean? That's what you expect from a player the level of PD Martinez. And mm -hmm. look, he scored against he scored the game winner against Orlando back in May. Mm -hmm. He scored uh, in the quarterfinal of the uh, Open Cup as well. He mm -hmm. scored in big moments. Yeah. And I mean, like beyond that, like the last couple of months, he's just been fantastic. Really. Yeah. I mean, he really has been. Yeah. And in terms of uh, performances against big, uh, you know, matchups or opponents. Yeah. I mean, you know, Monterey, Club America, yeah. NYCFC. Should have had a penalty against NYCFC. Should yeah. have had a penalty against Portland. I mean. Yeah, he shows up in the, the big matches, if anything. So, yeah. I mean, we knew this yeah. uh, when, you know, at his time at River Plate. So, right. uh, you know, he's just that type of guy. And I think, uh, you know, really major plaudits go to him for, uh, yeah, Pretty much winning us this match. Pretty as much, well. yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's some of the negatives. I think, uh, I mean, we really, uh, I think for me, I'm really sad that Joseph Martinez's record streak of 13 straight matches oh. scored is now over. I know. Unfortunately, this but goes back to May. Yeah, this I goes mean, back to May because he's only missed games, but he hasn't actually yeah. played in a game and not scored since then. Right. I mean, that's that's a 
again, unprecedented streak. Uh, streak. Right. And, but I think it's still going on in MLS. So yes, right. Yeah. still have that. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we can, uh, you know, extend some sort of, like, uh, MLS streak there. Yeah. But uh, we'll have to do that math on how many MLS games that he scored in a row. But uh, but going into the post-match quotes, yeah. uh, Frank de Boer had a lot of uh, things to say, but I think notably uh, is that uh, he, he talked about, yeah, like, Yes, it's always nice to win trophies. Uh, that's why you start playing soccer, because you love it, but also because you want to win. Today we achieved something very beautiful for the club, for the players. I think he recognizes the importance of uh, you know, just being in any competition where you win trophies. So yeah. that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he set out the team to win, unlike the other side of uh, this, uh, you know, this matchup. So yeah. is Adrian Heath, wow. I mean, it's just... Uh, not playing Darwin Quintero again. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, and uh, he also said, of course, we have a short history as Atlanta United to win already in the third year. The U.S. Open Cup is a fantastic achievement. Yeah, agreed. Yep. Uh, Joseph Martinez though had a lot of gold as he always does if he speaks. Every single time, man. Every single time. But uh, yeah, he. Said after the game, uh, he, and he forced uh, Justin Veltius uh, to yeah. say this, which was hilarious. Uh, but he, Justin, just still wouldn't say it. Yeah, but he was like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna say it," because <laughs> uh, he said it in Spanish, and then he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna say it." Yeah, English. he clearly curses his face. Yeah. it's hilarious. But he said, "I am fucking happy. Uh, we are the fucking champions." Yeah, love that. Yeah, um, yeah. He also mentioned. Uh, I mean, this this is where he just. Kind of is grabbing at your heart. I mean, just he always goes from oh jokes God. to to heartstrings. Like, how oh does he God. do that? Yeah, I mean, he he just knows. He just knows how to, you know. But um, yeah, he said playing in the stadium is a dream. Every time I drive here, I get goosebumps. Uh, for me, playing here is the best thing that's happened to me. I have to thank the fans. I love the people here. For me, this is the best stadium in the world. For me, the best city. Every time I walk in the street, the people treat me with a lot of affection, and you can't buy that. I always say it, you can't buy that. I'm not leaving here until my time is up. But the affection the people show me, this team, I don't think this city has another team. We're the only only team winning, and everyone has to respect us. We're the champions here, and we need a little bit more respect. Hmm. Woo. Hmm. A little bit shots fired a little bit. Yeah, to, uh, I mean, well, this was before, you know, certain things were tweeted. Yeah. But uh, so even then, I mean, it's almost like he's like uh, kind of prognosticating that yeah. there's uh, maybe some some clapback. But listen, if Joseph is a psychic, <laughs> if you told me that, I believe you. Yeah, exactly. It just nothing is without a doubt with uh, Joseph Martinez at this point. But I mean, uh, he also went on to say, all changes are difficult, but who won today? Uh, you know, who's in first place due to tiebreaker? You can never underestimate the champion. Never. Mm. Strong words yep. and uh, winner's mentality. Exactly, love that. But um, yeah, and he also mentioned uh, yeah, like the form that we had earlier in the season. We had a bad start, but we're in first place. I think we're in the more difficult conference because in the other with 70 points, LAFC already qualified for the playoffs, and the other teams have 20. <laughs> now it's not exactly accurate, but still, it's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, because most of the, I mean, not most, all of the other Western Conference teams are not, uh, do not have as many points as, as Atlanta or Philadelphia or New York for that matter. So yeah. I kind of agree. So he's call, kind of calling them paper tigers a little bit, right, I think. And, right. uh, well, that's okay. I mean, but, uh, you know, I just hope wh whoever comes out of the West, though, uh, that we, if we are in the MLS Cup final, that we don't take them lightly either. So, yeah, but uh, I don't think we would, but no. just in case. But, um, and then so also, uh, Julian Gressel also talked about uh, this and that uh, just playing down a man for that long. He said, it's tough. I haven't really felt fresh in the last month, but this definitely feels good. My legs actually feel good right now. It's obviously, it obviously feels good to win trophies. Uh, I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean, you know. I think he probably is not feeling his legs because he was drinking that champagne, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's some things that, that heal all uh, type of uh, fatigue and wounds. And right. I think it's winning trophies. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, going to heal a lot of things. Right. But uh, let's get into some of the celebration highlights. And there were many, but uh, I mean, 
Yeah, before we get into some of the really awesome things that Joseph Martinez w was doing, yeah. uh, Eric Rometty was having a ball. Yeah, I've never <laughs> seen, I don't remember my slip and slide being like this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and, uh, yeah, I don't think it probably involved beer when you were a kid either, but. Uh, probably not. Yeah, unless you were doing that as an adult, which, you know, I'm not gonna judge you. because Not that I remember, annoying. but I'm not ruling it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you definitely didn't do it in a locker room indoors, probably, so, yeah. No. But, uh, <laughs> Not after winning a trophy. <laughs> yeah, and at one point you started doing it, uh, where, like, the players kind of did a tower where, like, you know, a whole bunch of the people had their legs up, and he, like, slid through it, like, uh, Big Lebowski style. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so that was interesting. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he was, yeah, he was probably already gone. He was drunk, man. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, he also... And uh, I, I think, yeah, he wasn't drunk. He was, he, he just, this is just the type of guy he is, I think. But, I mean, uh, tipsy, maybe. Yeah, tipsy a little bit. But uh, yeah, he, you know, they already broke the uh, the cup pretty much like 30 minutes in, I think, right. in the uh, walkway back into the locker room. I heard they the were, thing's heavy. Yeah, the thing was heavy too, I think because of the uh, the engraving thing uh, on the bottom. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like it was broken on the, the hallway into the locker room. And I think there were some like fan videos of them <laughs> basically trying to like put it together essentially <laughs> and it's just like wow like you guys have had it for like minutes but uh <laughs> we've had like our history with trophies man we take mls cup to yeah. magic city we you uh know, break the open cup we're maybe a little irresponsible with it but you know just, just I, it just makes for a better story afterwards <laughs> but uh yeah remedy also like uh he pulled off the top of the cup and he, he made it uh, like an umbrella. It, yeah, like a makeshift umbrella to kind of shield himself or maybe celebrate uh, from the champagne that everybody was just spewing out. Right, right. But uh, I mean, that was amazing to see. Um, and yeah, I mean, so Joseph Martinez. Oh, the just, pose. God. Wow. <laughs> Best pose he's ever made. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. For sure. For I mean, one. he's made so many. I. Yeah. What about that for a goal celebration? Uh, I mean, you'd have to like climb onto somebody like that. That's just yeah. probably a little difficult. But yeah. uh, but either way, I mean, yeah, Jose Martinez. I mean, he's a legend uh, at celebrating. I mean, Jesus Christ. He's a legend at everything. Yeah. I mean, uh, what also happened? I mean, uh, you know, that Instagram live that Joseph had. Oh. Forty minutes. Forty minutes. It's also on our channel. If uh, you want to watch the entire thing, there were some. Uh, some taints that you saw. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's so not safe for work and yeah. also not safe for kids. So right. if you're a kid, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't watch that. <laughs> Don't get us in trouble. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and so yeah, we, we put it up for you guys. All right, so don't get us in trouble. But uh, so anyway, though, uh, like one of the big uh, kind of highlights for me was him just uh, getting really lit off of Bud Light. <laughs> Of all things. Wait, who does it? Who does it? Yeah, totally right. Um, but uh, in this day day and age of craft beer and all that type of stuff, I mean, they probably don't drink a whole lot in that, so that's probably what, what it was, where it was just like one or two beers. I would also argue for a go. party. It was my birthday, by <laughs> Sunday, I had Bud Light over at the crib. So, I mean, I don't yeah, know. I know. If you're trying to get drunk. Yeah, I mean, well, if you're trying to get drunk, you're not probably drinking a whole, like, you know, just drinking Bud Light. I mean, you probably drink stronger things, right? But well, it depends on how much you drink. This great. is true. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe you're shotgunning like five yeah, or six beers, right? Exactly. Which is what it probably takes to get you know a little tipsy for Bud Light. But anyway, this is not a beer podcast. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, yeah, the major thing was he was uh, continuing to ask a staff member, you know, go get the fucking beer. Like, where's the beer? Joseph uh, learned a new word tonight. Yeah. Well, I think he probably knew that a, a long time ago, and it's just one of those things when you, I think if you learn a different language, you. You learned the curse, uh, yeah. the curse words true. first, right? You know, true, true, true. and so, <laughs> um, so all night he was pretty much asking for uh, more and more beer. Um, this was really cool to see was Joseph and Miles Robinson going back and forth, uh, saying who was the MVP. Oh. That was super cool. Yeah, and Miles calls him a legend, which of course, uh, and yeah, uh, near the end, Joseph Martinez and Dante Nagby, they kind of go back and forth on uh, who. Well, actually, uh, Joseph Martinez, he's like, you know, this is the best player that uh, I've uh, played with since Miggy. And, uh, mm -hmm. and then he pulls in Jonathan Nagby. And oh, it's just yeah. like, you know, and just, yeah. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, Tear. Nagby, Tear. yeah. I mean, I think to this degree is pretty much, uh, yeah, I mean, 
I was yeah. So unheralded. I was thinking about this, yeah, because like now we missed a good bit amount of time last season. But I think mm-hmm. if that had happened this season, we would have been royally effed. Like yeah, he mean, has been such a foundation for us this season, especially through the rough times. Yeah, we would have probably needed to bring in an Emerson Hyman kind of t- type player yeah. a lot sooner if yeah. uh, Nagby had been and had him like Col- play Col- and hit the ground running and do yeah. everything Nagby does. Like it's, that's a yeah. big ask. It's, you know? Yeah, and I don't think Hyman is that type of player. Uh, um, to really just, you know, hang on to the ball like Nagby does. It's right. just impossible slash really difficult. No one, you know, uh, I think very few players in the league, rather. But, um, but yeah, and so, I mean, the celebrations were a lot of fun and super great. Uh, and, yeah, again, if you haven't seen the entire video uh, in the locker room, go see it. Check it out on the channel. I'll put it up in the eye above. Your uh, discretion is advised. Your discretion is advised. <laughs> but uh, you almost did the voice. I, I was almost going to do the voice yeah. too. But anyway, uh, let's get into the news. And uh, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, holy crap. Wow. In this past day or so, it just blew up with news. Right. But um, before we get into kind of the more harder news, uh, well, this is kind of hard news. Atlanta United have qualified for the Champions League now because we have won the U.S. Open Cup. Mm-hmm. Fantastic news. Yes. Uh, and uh, Frank de Boer did say that um, that is something very important and we want to achieve every season. And now we are ready to achieve this. Besides winning the U.S. Open Cup, we love to compete to be the best team. And we showed already in the Campionas Cup and now we want to do it from the start in the CONCACAF Champions League. It's good for Atlanta United, it's good for MLS, and we want to be prepared. We already had the experience this year, so hopefully we can do better next season. And hopefully that is what the case is, is that yeah. they've learned those lessons. And also, yeah, there's the bit of acclimation period that they don't have to worry about. Right. So? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, yeah, it could be different next season. MLS could start sooner. You know, so we might have a few league matches under our belt before we start Champions League. Different but CBA, maybe? Right. And also, it's this, though. I mean, like, in those three games that we played versus uh, Liga Mekki teams, Atlanta United weren't exactly played off the pitch. No, they weren't. Exactly. You know, even, though, even the 3-0 was 1-0 after 80 minutes in Monterey. Like that, losing three nil at Monterey can happen to a Liga Mekki team. You oh, know? for sure, exactly. You know? So I, I, yeah, I'm excited to be back at Champions League. Yeah, I agree. Um, and yeah, moving on from that, uh, in three years of existence, Atlanta United has more trophies than Colorado Rapids, the Revolution, Timbers, RSL, Whitecaps, NYCFC, and of course. Orlando City. Of course. Why would you even mention them in this? <laughs> yeah. No, but like I was surprised that Timbers and RSL were on there. Those, those yeah. are long, uh, long-term long kind of successful franchises. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, besides Timbers, but yeah. Um, yeah, and we have just as many trophies as FC Dallas, the Dynamo, uh, New York Red Bulls, RBNY always trips me up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then Earthquakes, and that's according to Nico Cantor's tweet. And yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, Pretty damn good stuff already yeah, from a absolutely. three-year-old team, or not even three-year-old. Right. But um, yeah, and and we're also, not done. Yeah, we're not done. But uh, LA United also are the first club to hold the MLS Cup and win the U.S. Open Cup. That's kind of that's yeah that's I mean rarefied air. Yeah, yeah. It so, says it. That says it. That speaks for itself. Exactly. And after that match, after the uh, the U.S. Open Cup final in the stadium, this. I think was top score uh, of like petty level, like pettiness level achieved. I think because right. essentially uh, with the tifo, it was uh, kind of a blur, uh, the band blur right. uh, type of uh, you know kind of hearkening to that, mm-hmm. which is kind of a play essentially on the Minnesota fans and Oasis, right. which basically are two UK bands of their era that were. Uh, pretty much really big and at the same time right? at the same time kind of against each other in terms of like uh, people you know they either were uh, Oasis fans or Blur fans maybe in that, in that sense so I just want to know who's watching this channel and does not know what we're talking about exactly I think I just lost everybody because this is like early 90s stuff slash mid 90s probably but yeah uh, and so yeah basically, shout out to you if you you know if you, you remember yeah, no, yeah. I, I think there are uh, some of the, uh, the people that are probably our age or, or a little older too right but, uh, yeah and I think uh, because with their song that they sing the fans they sing Wonderwall right we uh, just very pettily, yeah, 
the champagne supernova and yeah. amazing stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's just like so petty. I love it. I love it. Champagne supernova is better. <laughs> but um, yeah, and so uh, yeah, with that, um, you know, we definitely I think uh, put another jab as we do <laughs> when we win things. But yeah. uh, also with uh, the attendance, we set another record: thirty-five thousand seven hundred nine. That's a new U.S. Open Cup record yeah. uh, for a final. Yeah, you know, it's a record, but I think we both know in our hearts. It could be more, and we, Tanner, Devin talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Play this match on a weekend. Don't have it behind a paywall. Give it the big match treatment that it kind of deserves. I mean, it's cool mm -hmm. that the U.S. has a competition that's been around since this long, you know? Since 1914, sure. You know, but... when there weren't U.S. leagues, there was the Open Cup. You know, mm -hmm. that's okay, cool. But, like, you can't... Be, you're asking a lot for people to take it seriously when you schedule it like this, I think. Yeah, and uh, I, I get it that, you know, like ESPN Plus is a kind of burgeoning thing, but right. it, it is one of those things where you're just cutting off your legs and you just don't have the ability to, you know, make a bigger deal out of it. Right. And that's just sad. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and so moving on to the, the harder news that uh, I was mentioning is that uh, Miles Robinson and Brad Guzan have received a U.S. Men's National Team call-up. And Miles Robinson, that's his very first senior team call-up, so congrats to that boy, because yeah. holy crap, he has been on fire this season. That is as big a plot as you can get, so I'm really yeah. happy for him. He deserves it. And I mean, like, you can see the reaction around the league, too, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and American fans in general. They're excited about Miles Robinson. Yeah, indeed. And uh, George Bellow also made the U.S. youth national team. Uh, and also Ezekiel Barco, of course, with the Argentinian uh, youth team as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and so um, I think there's another player. I'm not placing it right now. Uh, we talked about Guzan, right? Yes, we've talked about. Oh, Justin Miram also made the ah. Iraqi senior team as well. Of course. I mean, he's uh, been in great form too, so yeah, exactly. he should be. Yeah. yeah. And I think he's kind of a staple for their, right. their setup anyway. Right. But um, yeah, and so uh, also uh, with maybe a few more home matches. And this is uh, per Mike Conti uh, tweet rather that our home attendance is already at 852,434, and so we're already very close to the million mark already. Yeah, and uh, I fully probably expect that we probably will reach a million, uh, you know, pretty soon. I think, I think so, but um, yeah, <clears throat> and so uh, also from a Doug Roberson tweet is that uh, there are more than 2,000 registered professional soccer clubs in the world and Atlanta United has the 17th largest average attendance in the 2018 and 19 season. Wow. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we, you know, we keep talking about this year after year, but it doesn't really get any less amazing. Like yeah. the standard has not dropped. All right. It's incredible. Um, and uh, yeah, and moving on from that, uh, a report from The Athletic from Paul Tenorio uh, says that Jonathan Nagby has turned down U.S. men's national team call-ups in the recent years. Yeah. And, uh, so including the uh, for the Gold Cup and uh, the upcoming international break, apparently he was phoned and he turned it down. Charles uh, Baum, I believe you say his name. Yeah, Ch Charles Baum. Yeah, Baum, uh, yeah. He uh, he reports that he's that sources close to Nagby say that it's because he wants to spend time with his family and stay with the team. But that uh, that athletic report also says that in previous years Nagby mm -hmm. has turned down. Right. So a little bit conflicting, but yeah. uh, either way, it seems like he has been turning them down in right. that sense, maybe. So right. interesting, nonetheless. Um, yeah. And last bit of news is that MLS, they announced the uh, MLS Cup playoff schedule right. and which the MLS Cup uh, final is going to be played on November 10th. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, going to be way sooner. Last year, for context, ended on December 9th. Right. So it's a full month like we've known in pretty much this whole entire season. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the official date, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be, yeah, oof, uh, yeah. it's going to be a, a flurry of games. And, yeah. And so we, we, we knew there was going to be two weeks uh, between the end of the regular season and beginning of the playoffs, so that's now confirmed. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you got the first weekend, you got a couple midweek uh, fixtures in there as well, and then, as you mentioned, the final on November 11th, which right. is a Sunday. And so if we should uh, advance, then, you know, we'll have that to look forward to. Yeah. But uh, that does it for the news, and let's get into the buy or sell segment. And simply, we offer up a topic and we say if we buy or sell it. So first topic is MLS is making a mistake by having a midweek playoff match or having midweek playoff matches in general. 
Um, I sell with a caveat. Like, oh. Like, ah, yeah, I'm learning. Um, <laughs> no, um, I, I sell because, so like I mentioned, there's already a two-week break. Mm-hmm. Uh, that first round is not going to involve the 1C for either team. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they would have actually more than two weeks off. And then it becomes a case of how long, you know, do should that team be off before it's counterproductive, you know, mm-hmm. before they get rusty. Mm-hmm. So they enter the, uh, the fixtures in that midweek round. Whereas, you know, if you play on that first weekend, you do have to turn around and play in three or four days, but I think that's a fair advantage. I think for the one, it gives you incentive mm-hmm. to finish first, and you know. Yeah. And also, I think uh, it's going to be baseball playoffs around that time, probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. And you got college football, NFL. It's probably a case of MLS not wanting to compete with big games on the weekend, and so you know. Mm-hmm. Midweek, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, maybe it's a little more open, so yeah. I get it. The that caveat, can help attendance, so yeah. So. Yeah, that, that, that's the caveat, is that the attendance, uh, it's going to be a struggle, especially for certain teams. I think like Atlanta fans would definitely show out. Mm-hmm. Other teams, I can't really say. Yeah. So, But I understand, I think right now it makes sense. Going forward, though, mm-hmm. as MLS grows, as the product gets better, mm-hmm. hopefully MLS would be... I guess confident enough to put its product up against yeah. the other major leagues in this uh, country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I also sell as well uh, for very similar reasons, but it, it is that that schedule, um, though, yes, does make it very, very tough, and in some parts, it is a mistake because, yeah, that uh, you know, on a Tuesday, and then if you're playing, kind of, uh, uh, you know, you know, it, they're not in the playoffs or probably going to make the playoffs, but if it's a Chicago. You know, there's a little bit of a time difference, and so it's going to be even later. Yeah. And then just how many people are actually going to be able to watch it? It's going to be difficult, and so that's where it's just, yeah. I mean, do you uh, continue and persist with this? I think you have to at the moment, just because of what they're trying to achieve, which is uh, pretty much accelerate it and uh, you know get it where there's not the international break. Right. So that's the whole thing. Yeah. So in that sense. Uh, yeah, they're not making a mistake because that's what their aim is. But at the end of the day, you know, could they do it better? Yes. So, yeah. uh, next topic is that Donington Nagby should accept a U.S. men's national team call-up. Buy or sell? I buy it, actually. Um, you know, and I, you know, I, let's say, let's take at face value that, yes, he wants to uh, stay with the team and his family right now, which, you know, really appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I think that, you know, U.S., fans, as particularly those who watch uh, Darlington every week in, week out, feel that he can contribute to the program still. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Like, I think he'd be perfect in Beerhalter's system. Uh-huh. I also think he'd be a good mentor for, like, a Tyler Adams or mm-hmm. Paxton Pomichol, whoever, those young midfielders coming up. You know, and, like, I would love to see those guys on the field together as well. I still think at 29, he still has something to offer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... Look, if I, had a, if I got to watch the U.S. men and watch Michael Bradley, then, damn it, I want to see Nagby, too. Okay, uh, for me, yeah, I mean, should he accept a U.S. men's national team call-up? I, I sell that he should accept one because basically it's this. I mean, you know, it's he he is 29, and that is where you're starting to get on the kind of uh, more end of your career, and especially for U.S. men's or just any national team, really. Uh, that's where you, really where you start to see where you know maybe your place in a national team setup is. Maybe starting to dwindle, and I think you probably saw the writing on the wall a little bit before that that they're going with the youth a little bit more, uh, and plus because of missing the World Cup and all that type of stuff, that uh, you know his place in there, uh, yeah, they're looking to figure out what will work uh, for future tournaments, and for him also, I mean, he was injured all last season, like we know, and yeah. this season, yeah, he's trying to get back into the norm, and if he's being dragged in and out with, uh, you know. U.S. men's national duty, uh, that type of thing can really disrupt, you know, the continuity that you're trying to achieve. And I mean, I think we can all agree that Duncan Nagby has had a hell of a season, and he's locked down our midfield essentially. Uh, so yeah, he wants that uh, kind of comfort of, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, laser focus pretty much. Like he just goes home, hangs out with his family, he uh, goes to the pitch and balls out and uh and that's all he's got to worry about and um yeah i mean and it's also that i think um you know the burhalter thing maybe there's a little bit of uh you know uh kind of differing ideas maybe as well so 
I think for me, it's just, uh, yeah, if he doesn't want to concern himself with it, you can deny as many of them as he wants if that's really what he's doing. So, But um, yeah, that does it for buy and sell and gets us to the mailbag. You guys send in these questions through IG story. Please continue to do so and we might answer your question in the future. First question comes from Sam Holloman 7 If we keep the team we have at the moment, do you think we can win the Champions League? Oh man, you're in my head. Absolutely, I do think we can. I think, yes, if we can return this team, right? Well, I mean, Barco, I mean, Petey, I mean, De Boer, mm -hmm. all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Because like we just talked about, you know, they weren't played off the pitch by any Liga Meki team, you know? And so they had the one result go against them. But yeah, mm -hmm. I think with a little more experience, absolutely, I think they can win it, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I think we're capable with the team that we have at the moment. The question is, if we're actually playing them at this moment. And that's the problem, is because we're, if we're playing it in the kind of beginning of the season, we're still getting our match fitness, we're sure. still, uh, and hopefully, you know, we do have uh, a match fit Franco Escobar yeah. and that type of thing, and right now he's not. And so at this moment, it's tough. Yeah. Like it would be, I think, incredibly difficult uh, still, but uh, you know, I, I still back our boys, but it's just, uh, I think we can win it, but would we win it? It's just tough. Right you know, it'd moment. be interesting though, right? Because if, again, if we return the same team, this would be the mm -hmm. first time that, first season in a while that we're not bringing in a DP, like a major player who has to like find his role into the team. Yeah, because if it were. If, if Barco or PT are not sold. If, but. right, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, if we return this team, yeah, then yeah, yeah there would be no adjustment period for any major pieces mm -hmm. in theory. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. You know, maybe the start of the season would go better. Yeah. Well, at least DP-wise, but maybe if some TAM players, who knows, man, yeah. who knows? Maybe so. we get some more money, CBA, all that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, next question comes from, uh, it's Angel 10, but it's you know got a whole lot of numbers and uh, periods in there. But uh, when we beat the Red Bulls, didn't we get a trophy? So shouldn't it be four trophies? No, I mean, uh, <laughs> unfortunately not. It's just, uh, yeah, unfortunately it's like uh, Eastern Conference uh, final trophy is not really... Uh, a revered trophy in the, the league for yeah. MLS. It's one of those, like, it's nice to have as something in your trophy case, but is it determined as, oh, like, uh, you won the treble if you won, you know, MLS Cup, Easter Conference, right. uh, you know, final, and an and U.S. Open Cup, right. like it's just not the case. Yeah, or like know? you know, if you uh, around MLS, especially with Rivalry Week, you saw like the uh, the Rocky Mountain Cup and the Atlantic Cup, and the, yeah, exactly, you know, all that, and like Cascadia Cup. It's like, do we want to count those? Yeah, it's just not really. I mean, uh, even Campeones Cup has been frowned upon by people, but yeah. this is you know two continental champions essentially. I think it's how that match was played and how uh, Club mm -hmm. America approached it that's what makes it such yeah. a worthwhile like achievement right and it's a super young type of trophy but yeah. you know a lot of other people have uh likened it to a super cup as well right sure uh i think yeah it's it's one of those in-betweeners right now at the moment it's yeah. uh you know not quite developed enough but it is i think yeah i mean if any of the teams in the league uh you you know you pulled them and said do you want to win campeones cup yeah you want to win trophies yeah. yeah you know and that's a Continental trophy in that sense. So, um, yeah. Uh, next question comes from Evan Hustle. Are we better now than 2018 under Tata? No, I can't say that yet. Uh, but I, what I will say is this: I think 2020 has the potential to outpace 2018 and maybe send some new benchmarks. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, we'll have to see like who who's on the roster that season. Yeah. But yeah, I think next season could be could be huge. I think that the board has done really well. Mm -hmm. You know, understanding what the players want and how to play them, and uh, I just think like going into next season with that already, with that uh, I guess knowledge in tow, mm -hmm. you know, they'll be a lot better prepared, mm -hmm. and you can really put down a campaign from start to finish. Yeah, uh, yeah. Are we better now? I mean, this is the thing. It's like uh, MLS Cup is a really, really like it's the the trophy that you want to win uh, if you're an MLS team. Uh, U.S. Open Cup is probably the third trophy that, uh, in terms of those tiers, right. uh, and so you know uh, we were really pushing for Supporter Shield last season right. as well. Um, we're probably not going to finish close to like we're not going to finish on sixty nine points or whatever. Yeah, and so there is that. I think we're not as good, but 
technically we have won more trophies. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit of the continuity uh, that we eventually took advantage of um, right. in this time period. But I mean, yeah. think about it. Like you, like a second year Miguel Amiron, for example, mm -hmm. versus a first year P.D. Martinez. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just, it's different right now. Right. And <laughs> I think, yeah, uh, Tata was... Uh, really smart and keen to uh, change up the tactics yeah. in the playoffs. And so we've yet to see, you know, in the kind of ultimate trophy for MLS teams, uh, what Frank DeBoer can do. I will so. say in that regard, like, I think it's promising what, you know, I think DeBoer has shown some promise in terms mm -hmm. of, like, for the postseason. The mm -hmm. fact that, yeah, we have already won a trophy, a mm -hmm. knockout tournament. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. For, for cup finals, yeah. yeah, yeah right. postseason. But, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, last question comes from Keaton Thomas, 61. As we turn towards MLS Cup, which area of concern should we focus on improving the most? I would say depth for our wingbacks. Because, uh. yeah, like, Gressel and Miram cannot be expected to play every match. And I mean, like, yeah. I, I'm, I still think Bello has a place in this team. Mm -hmm. Maybe not a starting role, but I think mm -hmm. he definitely will see some minutes. Mm -hmm. And uh, You have Dion Pereira on left uh, wingback as well, right. who has uh, done a job. I mean, he's yeah. been solid. It's just a, a, kind of the end product is maybe a little lacking right. as of now. Um, but no, solid, uh -huh. like you said. And yeah. then, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, when Escobar comes back, does he play, does he go back to center back? Does he play some wing back as well? I mean, mm -hmm. we've seen him play right wing back, especially in the postseason. Yeah. So, you mm -hmm. know. It's, uh, yeah, I know. That's, that's going to be tough. I mean, yeah. you know, because uh, right center back or, you know, like who, who sits? Basically, we have right. four really good center backs, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's tough. Really, really tough. And that's not even... Counting, uh, you know, very solid uh, center back in Michael Parker's as well. Right. So, yeah. Who's gotten virtually no playing time in yeah, what, a but, couple months now? Yeah. Exactly. But it's his but, uh, leadership is right. still there, uh, yeah. and it's apparent, and he's uh, still leading by example. But um, yeah, for me, I think um, let's see, it, it, it is tough. Like we are very like rounding into form a little bit. Um, I think it is. For me, I think the forward line a little bit. Okay. I think I need to see uh, Tito round into form as well, like, you know, and getting back into what we know he can do. Um, and I think, you know, Brandon Vasquez getting back into match fitness as well, somehow. Uh, I think probably playing at two is probably. Yeah, yeah, because he played over yeah, the weekend. Yeah, he, he played over the weekend yeah. with the twos. But Joseph Martinez, like, you just can't, you know you don't want to put the burden on him every single time to right. put all the chances away. Yeah. Uh, and he needs a rest at some point. Like yeah. he's just... PD scoring is a, I think a really uh -huh. good sign, you know, yes. and more of that definitely Barco, you know, if he can start to chip in as well yeah. with some, uh, you know, end products in the final third. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all that would help. Yeah. Yeah. For, so for me, I think, yeah, it's the, the finishing from really a lot of our forward line and, you know, a little bit of our midfielders. That's where we need to round into form so that we can uh, be dangerous on all fronts. And really, uh, that's how we can challenge, I think, is putting away our chances for yeah. sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that does it for the mailbag and gets us to our Wasteman of the Week. And this week, there is an AJC writer and Ooh. you may have seen his tweet or Ooh. maybe you didn't. But uh, his name is D. Orlando Ledbetter. Starting off bad right away. His, his name Orlando. is he's got Orlando in his name, of course. Uh, but uh, essentially, he tweeted out that uh, it's a minor league soccer team uh, is not going to uh, beat out importance to an NFL team. I just don't understand how you live and write in a city that where the masses care about the soccer team and yet you're tweeting that the masses don't care on the day that they win the u.s open cup it's just yeah there's salt levels are on just a salt mine level high um, you know why he's salty is yeah. because <laughs> no one cares about his nfl tweets no one cares about his podcast bro his tweet about his podcast has been up for 10 hours. It does not have a single interaction. Oh. Most, actually, no, I take that back because most interactions he's had today are from Atlanta fans telling him to go do one. Atlanta yeah. United fans, I mean. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, he's being ratioed like crazy. It's, uh, yeah, comments are like near maybe 300 level and then, yeah. No, not That's a ton of likes. 
maybe some Falcons fans that are kind of maybe backing up the the writer that they read. But either way, <laughs> maybe I mean, maybe so. Maybe his bosses at AJC were like, "Hey, man, you have no engagements. I don't know. Why don't you kick some shit up with some soccer fans?" Oh, uh, like, <laughs> yeah. It very well could be that. But either way, you have Russell the rent wrong fan base, and uh, for that, you can do one D Orlando Ledbetter. Orlando. Uh, <laughs> nice. But um, yeah. So moving on from that. We get into the match preview, and it's a six-pointer over the weekend. Mm -hmm. It's Philadelphia Union, and it's at Talon Energy Stadium on Saturday, 7.30. Uh, it's on ESPN, I think. No, it's a, it's it's local. Is it local? Yeah, okay. it's, a, yeah well. it's on ESPN Plus, but it's like local channels. Okay. Kevin Egan! Hey! hey. But uh, we love that guy. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, so their form recently has been pretty decent. They've only lost two in their last six, mm -hmm. uh, and we've only lost one in our last six in MLS. Yeah. So we're both, you know, flying pretty high, I yeah. think. Uh, they're second in the East, but only by uh, one goal difference and uh, a few other things. Yeah, but, um, I think wins takes the precedence. And wins. Yeah, we, we have one more win than Philadelphia did. Indeed. And so, uh, yeah, their last match, they defeated DC United at home 3-1, yep. in which I think DC United maybe are just imploding at this moment. Yeah, I mean, like so, a couple weeks ago, they beat DC United at Audi Field 5-1. Yeah, so, I mean, you know. Exactly. They kind of have their number a little bit. Yeah, maybe. yeah. I mean, I think also it shows that Union, you know, we talked about business end of the season. I think Union might be rounding into form as well. Yeah, very true. Uh, and speaking of uh kind of having their number we have philadelphia union's number mm. we uh in the first season uh in our first season 2017 we drew them 1-1 and we also beat them 2-0 on the road uh in 2018 we beat them 3-1 and also 3-0 uh and this season we drew them 2-2 uh which was a little bit tighter uh this season i think it was Definitely, uh, we played the diamond uh, to counteract their diamond, which didn't work Let's at all. Let's never speak of that again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're that type of team that uh, really likes to attack down the wings. Yeah. They create a lot of uh, chances through their individual skill, uh, and they're pretty decent at finishing their scoring chances. And uh, yeah, I mean, from set pieces, pretty deadly as well. Yeah. And they like to steal the ball from the opposition they are good at uh, making some errors from uh, from the players, so from a, the opposition. So, uh, in terms of where we can get at them, I think uh, you know they're not that good from defending from attack from the wings. Yeah. Uh, they from long shots, not too great. So, in terms of that, I think you know if uh, PT Martinez can pop one off from distance yeah. and keep it on target, then. By all means, yeah, have at <laughs> have at it, but uh, and then they're also pretty bad at avoiding being offside. Yeah, and so play that high line, man. Play that high line and really, uh, you know, just try to discombobulate what they're trying to achieve. Yeah, but uh, in terms of their um, their kind of season stats, I mean, they have actually scored a ton of goals. Actually, fifty one goals and. They've unfortunately conceded quite a few as well right. with 41. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of, yeah, I mean, they just, they score a lot of goals, ship a lot of goals. Yeah, I mean, they they play, you know what I mean? They yeah. come out to play. They're yeah. aggressive. They believe in their style. Even though they don't have a whole lot of stars, they have mm -hmm. some good players, you know, yeah. and they just, they believe in their team brand, which is very right. good. Yeah. No, I, I think they have, they have a, a quite decent depth. Jim Curtin just has them, um, you know, just playing... Uh, some unprecedented ball for, I think, Philadelphia Union. Yeah, I mean, I mean like, this season in general is unprecedented. To be yeah. uh, this far into the season in first, or at least competing for first place, mm -hmm. you know, it's, a, it's a different season for the Union. And I think mm -hmm. I even saw a uh, Union, I want to say, podcaster, who mm -hmm. suggested that this is the biggest regular season uh, match in Union history. Oh, know? wow. You know, oh, inviting wow. the defending champions, a, ch a chance to... Uh, solidify sort of first place this late in the season. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I understand what he's coming from. Yeah. yeah, no, it makes sense. But uh, getting into some of the players to watch from them, Casper uh, Zerbilko. Yeah. <laughs> this is a tough one. Zerbilko? There yeah. you go. Uh, he's got 12 goals this season already. And Marco Fabian, he's got six. And Il Signo has five. Yeah. I mean, all really. Uh, not only creative players, but uh, yeah. danger men for them as well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, in terms of their injuries and unavailable players, 
Uh, Alejandro Bedoya is actually out with yellow card accumulation. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. He's usually a captain. He usually uh, sits in the pivot next to uh, Madunanen, I believe. Uh -huh. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, that's, that, that, that's a key loss for them. Yeah, and so that uh, maybe... Should help our case a little bit. Who knows? Hopefully, but hopefully. Uh, for us, the only person that we really, I think, at this point have out is Breck Shea. And so, you know, I think we're rounding into fitness as well. That's a good sign. But getting into some match facts uh, that, yeah, there have uh, been two and a half goals scored in eight of Philadelphia's last ten games. It's quite a goals yeah, yeah. Um, and we've won at least six of our or we've won six of our last seven matches in MLS uh, Atlanta um, United have kept a clean sheet in five of their last seven matches right. shout out to Guzang shout out to the back line mm -hmm. Philadelphia has scored at least two goals in their last five home matches I mean yeah like we talked about there's lots of goals in their matches as we know there's lots of goals in our matches as well right indeed so some keys to the game for me I think is that uh, can we keep our energy levels high because it has been tough. I mean, again, uh, we want to come out and press, but will we become a little bit fatigued like we were against Minnesota United? Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be the case. Uh, how much rotation will occur after playing with 10 men on Tuesday for a little bit of, quite a bit of time? Right, right. You know, uh, and also, I mean, you know, it's got to be a strong test against this really uh, very decent side, potent side. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like we need to play with a smart... Or, yeah, we need to play smart with a high line. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, we need to really gain a foothold and just create some good chances from our possession. I mean, you know, even though Atlanta hasn't beaten Union before, Union have played... Or, sorry. Yeah, Philly have, hasn't beat us. Right, sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Union have played Atlanta tough, actually. You yeah, know? they yeah. have been. It, it has been closer than the score lines have uh, been seen. But, uh, yeah, and also I think we need to attack with our width. So, yeah. Justin Miram and... Julian Gressel, if they do start, that's where we can, I think, uh, yeah, do our damage, I think. But that gets us to our predicted starting 11. So let's get uh, in through the lines together. Yeah, of course, see. of course. Yeah, but, so we got Guzan in the sticks again. Uh -huh, of uh -huh. course, of course. Uh, Can't take him out at any point, I don't no. think, at this point. But um, yeah, yeah uh, I think for me, yeah, we all the same. Uh, we have the same back, uh, line, back line. Yeah, LGP, Robinson, Pogba. You know, it's been working well. I don't think uh, any of them bench. Yeah, yeah. They, they they don't get rotated to answer your really question. Right, and that's the tough part is where yeah, because yeah, Frank DeBoer has mentioned like he's probably going to persist until uh, you know like the form wears off. I guess maybe. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, but, I mean like, because I remember wonder. watching Pogba specifically last night and he was doing the, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, he's, uh -huh. he's definitely, and I understand, he's played a lot of matches in a row. Yeah, and, yeah, so it, it could be where LGP goes on to the, uh, the left side and uh, you have Franco Escobar over on the right center back side. Um, yeah, very well could see that. I don't think that, though, uh, for wingbacks, that we'll see anything different. I think Gressel and Miram yeah. still persist. Yeah. Um, I have a little bit different. I have Escobar coming in because, you know, he did play uh, versus Minnesota. He got about 20 minutes, mm -hmm. you know, I think. Yeah, you know, he's because he was on he was in the 18 mm -hmm. uh, over the weekend, I believe. And so, yeah. And uh, I, he can play right wing back and Gressel is just so tired, man. Yeah, but I, I think uh, he might spell him. I think uh, coming in if uh, he doesn't start, mm -hmm. uh, just kind of like he did in this match, and so you can kind of gain his legs back because yeah, he was icing his hammies. I just fear that uh, it might just be too much action for him, uh, especially as he's wont to do. He just loves to bomb up and down. Yeah, it's sure. just uh, it's gonna be a lot on his legs for sure. Right. Uh, but in the midfield, uh, we have it exactly the same. Yeah. Barco yeah. playing uh, sort of that eight ten role, however you want to call it, but uh -huh. behind the strikers. Uh -huh. Yeah, and then we got uh, PD and Joseph up top. Well, uh, in the midfield we have Rometty and Nagy. Oh, sure. Yeah, I thought we did that already. Yeah, no, all good, all good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think uh, you know Larry could kind of feature, but I think in this, I mean, it's just one of those. Um, it's such a big matchup. It's such a big match. Rometty's gotten rest recently, and I just think Nagy's near undroppable at this point, yeah. unfortunately. So yeah. 
I mean, you know, you, you don't want to drop him, but it's yeah. just like, yeah, should he get a rest or so? It's this too, though, because you got the international break coming up after yeah. this match. So I think, you know, it's one more, okay, let's go hard for this and then right. get two weeks off. Exactly. Uh, and so speaking on that, you said, uh, yeah, Barco and PT and Joseph up top, right. gave it away. No, it's okay. yeah. but, uh, no but uh, essentially, though, yeah, I think, you know, pretty much an unchanged 11. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, maybe yeah, a slight for you, rotation. For you, for Escobar. That's yeah, it. slight rotation. Either way, though, yeah, I think we expect mm -hmm. pretty much no surprises, you know. Yeah. You know, you're just trying to, it's it's the best 11, it's the favorite 11 for mm -hmm. the most part. You're just trying yeah. to. In terms of formation and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of uh, the way we're going to set up, I think it's also. Uh, they do like to play with with possession, and so yeah, I think early on we will need to press them uh, to really force some errors, yeah, um, and pop off a shot from distance if we can, and attack from the wings as much as possible. Maybe it's a case where they come out on the front foot in the first half and then uh, mm -hmm. sort of drop their lines deeper as the match goes on as they get more tired. I mean, I think that's kind of what we saw at Min versus Minnesota as yeah. well. You know, like but it's difficult to do that back to back in the same week. It is. Oof. It is. So, yeah. We shall see and. Yeah, in terms of that, the score prediction, what do you got? I'm confident. I think okay. that uh, they can go in there. I think the way Union play, it, 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 it's the type of game that Atlanta want to play in. Mm -hmm. And I just think that uh, the difference makers for us, Joseph, Petey, they'll step up. And Petey in particular has been fantastic. And another big match, I think, you know, he'll be up for it. I don't think, I actually don't think he's that tired. So, yeah, I'm going to say 3-1 win on the road in Philly. I love that, but uh, unfortunately for me, I actually have it as a 3-2 loss. Uh, I know, it's shocking, but it's just one of those, it's on the road. Uh, I mean, previously, I mean, we played teams on the road that were, I think, uh, a lot lesser of a team than Philadelphia Union, for one. Orlando. Um, yeah, and so you have that, and you also have how many goals have been scored recently at home for them. Uh, it's a lot, and so I don't think it's going to be uh, you know a nil-nil. But of course, as I say this, commentators curse. It's going to be a nil-nil or something like that, right? right? right, right. But uh, yeah, I think it's a three-two loss. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate. I think uh, because our fatigue levels, they're just kind of it's apparent. Um, but and it's, it would be a shame to kind of go out this way before the international break. Sure. But um, I'm hoping you know a way different scoreline. My head is just where this is right now. Go with your heart, AJ. <laughs> My heart says it's gonna probably be a 2-2 draw. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So, all in all, anyway, <laughs> let's open Mark's scoreline. Yes. And uh, But that does it for the match preview and gets us to our question of the day. So with all the talk of hashtag build a statue, and Joseph's recent comments about Atlanta, Atlanta sports, him calling Atlanta home, what do you think should be engraved on that statue when he gets it? Leave us a leave us a comment, tweet at us, let us know. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>